Pile of Pets proudly present Violet giving a talk on the introduction to Kitten Play, recorded live on Thursday the 28th of May 2020. So this talk is with Violet, who is a kitten and is going to be talking us through the sort of introduction to Kitten Play. We do ask if you enjoy the talk, we are accepting charitable donations to the Princess Alice Hospice. You'll find the link for that in the chat or on the website, and I'm sure any donations would be greatly appreciated by us at Parlour Pets and Violet as well. With that, I'll gladly hand over Violet. Good evening. Right, so Kitten Play in general, what is it? Um, what is involved? Who is involved? I'm going to cover a bit about consent because um, a lot of questions that I feel people ask that are a little bit obvious but doesn't really get talked about and then how to do kitten play long distance as well because I'm seeing an increased amount of kittens in long distance or online relationships as well. So kitten play as a whole um, just under the umbrella of BDSM animal role play um, it's not innately sexual. Not all kittens will have a sexual relationship with their owners, masters, whatever name that they want to give effectively their dominant. However, since there is a power exchange, obviously it is 18 plus only. The, the general idea, it, it differs for a lot of people. So for example, myself, I'm a house cat. I like to be pampered. I'm <laughs> extremely lazy. Um, and I, I like pets, cuddles, tasks and to be um, played with in terms of toys and things like that. For other people there are big cats. Um, I don't know any that have formed a pride but I imagine some might. Um, something I've been thinking about a lot lately but there's not a lot of information out there on that. Um, there are also feral cats who are owned or not owned. Um, so by feral it normally means you could maybe equate a feral cat to a, a, a really bratty bottom. Um, they're quite mischievous. They push back a lot, but effectively they, they do have a, a master or owner a lot of the time. Not always, but not all cats that aren't owned um, are feral either. You can have house cats that are without a partner. Um, in terms of who is involved, it is for everyone. Just like everything on the planet, um, we tend to put ourselves in little boxes and it is generally females however there are a few male cats not as, not as many as there are women i guess it's much like the pup community i know many more male pups than i do females but it's not to say that you can't get involved if you want whoever you are however you identify and whatever you're into it's always worth a try and um, there's no wrong way to do it so go with your imagination and what you enjoy and, and what feels right for you that's the essence of everything do it how you enjoy it there's no no wrong way whatsoever in terms of communication with um kittens that also varies quite a lot um i myself i do speak when i'm in kitten space but many kittens don't so they might use hand signals or respond to hand signals from their owner some meow some purr it again it's completely up to you whatever suits you and what feels good and what makes you feel best in that situation the thing that i'm most excited to talk about is gear so oh, there's, there's an endless expanse of gear for the most part um you'll notice that nearly every single kitten has a pair of ears. Some of them are from Claire's, some of them are really high end. If you spend a lot of time on Instagram and possibly Tumblr, you'll be aware that there are hundreds of gear shops and more reasonably priced budget stores. Um, but you can also pay up to 
I was going to say it's ridiculous. If you love them, it's not. <laughs> but you can pay up to a thousand pounds for a pair of ears in an auction from the right creator. For example, there's a store Andy's ears. Their ears will go for about six hundred pounds. And if you're not, and you might look at that and think, that's a lot of money to drop on fur on a headband but if you're a pup or a pony imagine what you might spend on your dream hood or you know any kind of full bodysuit or you know that's that's what ears are to a kitten put your ears on your head and you're immediately in kitten space so um i will describe what i'm holding up for the purposes of the podcast because i know that this will obviously later be released as audio but i'll show you a few different types of ears most kittens fluffy ears um, they're available everywhere, Etsy, eBay, Instagram, you name it. You can find these everywhere and they are literally just painted or um, airbrushed faux fur. Something that's also really common are the metal ones, Claire's accessories <laughs> for the most part, accessorise, all of those kind of shops that sell, you know, like high street fashion, very good for stealth kitten gear so if you want to go out in public but you don't want to freak out the general public these are definitely the way to go they don't draw too much attention and then of course there are other material options so you can have things like pvc these are just glitter on one side pvc on the other um i've seen people make them from acrylic other metals that they've bent or even i've seen a kitten that has i don't know what the process is called but you can put a pattern on top of aluminium and press it cut a triangle out of that, shove that on some ears, on a headband. There's also harnesses, so much like the puppy or pony equivalent, they're just usually a leather or PVC harness or vegan alternatives to leather on a headband. And then lastly, hoods. This I would say is more of a mask than a hood. Hoods are very very difficult to find for an affordable price. However the hoods that I have found are they do look like they're excellent quality so I think the price does reflect the product that you're getting. The difficulty with kitten hoods is because of the shape of a human face and a kitten face. Quite often when makers try and put a kitten mouth on them they do look quite canine so they are really hard to firstly produce and then because of that just find um the few i have found have been three to six hundred pounds so if you really want to save for one they are out there mostly on etsy um, and rough stuff do a kitten hood as well but again it, it doesn't fully enclose the head it's just the front of the face but they're really easy to wash and i've i've seen nothing but really good reviews from them other things i've also seen um more more increasingly is people that are styling their hair into ears which for me is really interesting because i think quite often in regards to like probably a bit off topic but shaving legs armpits body hair um when you see photos of kittens especially in lingerie they are very much in keeping with traditional beauty standards of today so you know clean shaven bald bald of ears on your head but you know cats do cats have hair everywhere they're furry so i really i find it really interesting that people are starting to style their hair into kitten ears um because i i just think it's a great idea and it's not it's not expensive it doesn't get in the way you're not going to be worried about getting them dirty or bent or misshapen during play so that is something that I think everyone should try. I've even seen people that have shaved all of their hair off apart from two strips and gelled those up into ears. So it depends how far you want to go with gear. You can use your own body apparently, 
or you can go and spend 20, 30 pounds on some really simple ears or hundreds on something unique, very well airbrushed and honestly quite upmarket. I know it's probably going to sound strange to people that aren't in the kitten community to say that there's such thing as upmarket fur on a headband, but there really is. Um, It can get crazy. You can find ears that have Swarovskis on. Um, I've seen some that have, um, I think the term is gilding, but they've taken a metal ear and dipped it in gold all sorts so that's the most I think creative part of the community is the ears and for me probably the the best part of the aesthetic apart from collars so with collars I suppose they're quite similar to pup collars you can a lot of people just buy collars from pet stores like this one for example it is literally just a dog collar leather or faux leather and sometimes got the name of the material the nylon webbing you can get metal ones or chain ones and then also really popular i don't know if this is popular amongst other pet communities but you can get these ribbon style collars which are a strip of nylon webbing sewn in such a way that they are tug proof so you can attach a lead and then just beautiful or dainty designs on the front with simple ribbon I do think I believe that is something that's quite not exclusive but more more popular within the kitten community than other pet communities if I'm wrong do let me know I have seen the odd pup with this type of collar but they have been purchased from kitten play stores and I've just seen someone say in the comments ceremony leather um that's where all of my pvc and leather ears are from and this collar so again just leather, blinged out however you want. You can have nothing on there, simple stones, loads of tiny stones. And then of course, tags attached. With collaring, it is follows the general sort of content, consensus of the BDSM community in general. You can use a collar to simply represent that you are a pet, especially if you have a pet tag attached, it's a given really. So if you're in kink spaces or at a fetish party, it's a really simple marker that that's who you are but also of course you can use them for collaring your submissive or your pet you know as a symbol of ownership again in terms of other pets i'm not sure entirely how they view them but within the kitten community it is it's a big commitment it's the equivalent to an engagement if to to collar someone um, or a wedding even it is a big deal does that translate to pups i'm unsure let me know because i'd be interested to know whether we follow the same consensus or if or if we don't because in my imagination collars with pups are more it's a puppy do you know what i mean when you see a bio dog they always have a collar on whether they're home or outside whereas kittens not so much not everyone puts a collar on their cat um or or uses it the same way with the you know cool if lost type thing so i'm interested to know how that goes usually see ribbon collars with pups who prefer fluffy puppy gear or more cutesy ones okay interesting in gear i'm going to include pet toys because i think it is a big part of kitten play and again like you can use your imagination for this you don't have to have actual pet toys you could there's a lot you can make at home or you can go and buy things so for example anything with feathers or bells on very kitten if you want to make something kitten play related shove a bell on it (laughs) 
And then things like the little teaser sticks, um, they're really fun to play with. And I think it's a really good way to bond with other kittens or your owner because it's very, it's two-way play, you can't do it on your own. And then of course you've got things like balls, cages with the bells in, actual pet cages and pet crates, they're quite commonly used. And then beds, blankets, fleeces, cushions, whatever you can think of that your bio cat likes or does or needs or is for sale for them. You can translate that into kitten play, as I'm sure is the case with puppy play. I have seen many puppies with actual pup toys, and it really melts my heart because I think it's really cute. And then, oh, I did say I was going to cover consent, didn't I? You're probably wondering why. I don't think you'd assume it was something that'd be covered, but I do see a lot online and have been asked a few times, how do I get my partner into kitten play? You have to talk about it. You can't. I don't think it's fair to do something like put yourself in kitten space and expect your partner to go along with it. You have to talk to them, explain to them what it is if they don't already know, ask them how they feel, what are their thoughts, have they tried it before, would they like to try it, if they do, what aspects. That's really important because, um, like I said, you, you can't involve someone in your kink that hasn't consented in any capacity in any capacity it's just it's just not okay um so i really really do want to to make it very clear that you have to talk it seems really playful and harm harmless and it is obviously um i don't think we'd be sat here talking about it if we thought it was going to do anyone any harm but it does require consent no matter how cute or adorable you think it is or how much you enjoy it, you have to respect your partner's boundaries. Um, and I know that goes without saying, but I really, really wanted to talk about it because of the amount of times I've just seen people say things online that imply the question is more not how do I get them, not not how do I ask them, it's my partner's not into it, how do I encourage them? And no means no, it doesn't mean encourage me. So we have to we have to make that very very clear um what was the last thing it was long distance kitten play this is something that i have been trying myself for the last couple of years and it is very different for me to kitten play face to face in real life so with my partner obviously we've got that physical touch we can get all the toys out together and it's very you know i'm sure you can imagine how it is it's it's not so easy long distance and i think that's because you don't have someone right there with you so it requires a lot of of your own imagination rather than you bouncing off your partner because they can't physically uh, guide you through anything so a few things i've learned are again communication before i will video call someone we will talk about exactly what we're going to do how long for for example if they said call me at seven i'd say will we done will we be done by eight and go through your expectations and what is and isn't okay on camera or through text for example if you don't talk about your limits you might be there thinking right we're going to have a really cute pet playful time he's going to or she is going to talk about how they're going to pet me what toys they'd like to play with how they might want to spoil me as their kitten and they're going to turn around and go so i'm going to send you a litter tray in the post and you won't freak out so you know you have to again going back to consent you really have to talk in detail about what you're going to do what you want and what you need what they need 
what they're happy with, what is safe for you before you proceed with, with anything. In, it's the same in any relationship, you have to do these things. But I think with kink, it's especially important to make sure that you are very aware of the other person's boundaries and what makes them happy. I think I've covered a lot or everything that I had planned to. Do you guys have any questions or anything that you think I should cover? Love it. It was really interesting. Thank you. I, I hadn't realised there was uh, so much sort of gear involved, but I just, I'd, <laughs> I'd never I'd never really thought about it. Of course, yeah, of course, there's different types of ears and, and collars and things like that. Luna did mention in the comments tails. Have you got anything you can say about tails? I did. I brought a tail along to talk about tails. <laughs> Um, the reason being actually is because with ears, as you know, as I went through, there are a lot of different varieties. With tails, they tend to mostly just be fluffy in varying lengths or fleece tails. I have seen latex tails, which are inflatable and oh, I'm, a, I'm a total rubber lover, so I, I want one, but they're not so common. And again, I think because they're quite niche, you can find them to be quite expensive and just really hard to find. There is a store, I'm not sure on the pronunciation, but if I read, if I say it how it's written, it's Okava. They do PVC and faux leather tails, which are very interesting, but I believe that they're, you have to ask. They don't really advertise that they do them or sort of have pre-made ones in varying, varying lengths. You have to say, you know, you've made these ears in this leather. Can you create a tail? I just, what was it Zoom who asked? Do kittens have relationships with other kittens? Yes, they do. Um, I think I talked about owner and pet a lot because that's the dynamic that I have. But there are many kittens that are in relationships with other kittens or kittens that will, will top another kitten. It's not as common but it's common, but not as common as owner kitten, as in human kitten versus kitten kitten, if that makes sense. So I, I know you run um, United Pet Dom. Mm -hmm. I'm not too familiar with the work. Do you want to explain a bit about what that is, why you set it up and, and what you aim to achieve with that group? Absolutely. So I set it up because I was feeling very, I guess, lonely within the kitten community, um, not because of any fault of the community. Everyone for the most part, is really welcoming and really warm. But I form relationships much better in person. I'm a bit, <laughs> I don't really trust the internet that much. Um, so I thought, right, instead of sitting around and thinking, I don't know any other pets, I'm really lonely, I feel like a weirdo. I just thought, well, I'll go and bring the community to me. <laughs> so I started arranging uh, meetups. It has primarily been kittens, but I think that's obviously because my audience is mostly kittens. But we've had a fox, a couple of pups, and some kittens that are both pups and kittens. Yeah, it was. It really was just to to get more social within the community, and to build actual relationships rather than, hi, how you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. You, yeah, I'm fine. Kind of chats on Instagram. I wanted some. I wanted something more. I wanted an actual connection. I do aim at the moment. It, it has only been small meetups, but I am aiming to try and go a bit bigger, and to organise actual big events i had started planning one for october but the venue contacted me recently and said please stop planning they don't think they're going to make it through covid so that's a bummer however i did like the venue that the first pile of pets event was at um so i am going to bother thumper and say do you think we should do it there? He has already said, actually, it probably would be a better place. But I was a bit scared because it's not my hometown and I 
um, I'm just, I don't know, I guess I'm holding myself back a bit. Really, really do want to do big events and I want to, I want to have things like agility courses and um, small, I was going to say pageant, that's not the right word, but I want to have best woof, best, best wag, best tail wiggle, best meow, just small little games to keep it fun and to get people out of their shells, you know, and to actually communicate rather than be a group of people that already know each other meeting and maybe bringing along the odd friend. I want it to be a group of everyone and anyone, all pets, strangers or people that already know each other, just letting loose and feeling like they're in a space where they can really be their pet selves and not worry that the general public are going to see or someone is going to see them that they wish didn't know about you know their pet play that kind of thing it, it sounds great especially some of the uh, agility course i hadn't thought of that but that sounds like really good fun i've i've, I've got a big plan for the agility course <laughs> we're trying to find a tunnel big enough for plus size people for months and i finally found one and do you know what it is it's an infl- an inflatable water wheel everyone should be able to fit through it that, that's amazing <laughs> Um, so Zoomu's had another comment and it aligns with one that I was going to ask, which is what sort of events do you and other kittens sort of usually go to? And I suppose what do kittens do to play? Because obviously with other pets, it's slightly more obvious because you see it sort of um, naturally in the biological animals. For example, you dogs will quite often sort of rough and tumble with each other and things like that. But obviously kittens, sort of biologically, you see being quite defensive and on their own. They don't sort of want to interact with each other. So um, sort of what do kittens get up to at these events? What, what's their play like? So there are, unfortunately, a really limited number of events, although there are a lot of pup events that I know are happy for kittens to come, like pup out. And I know a kitten also goes to scritches. I've never been there myself, though, so I don't know a lot about it. Up north in Birmingham, there's a new event called Pet Play Park, which is in a dungeon and they have a vet there you can go and get your checkup which is bloody adorable get your paws and your teeth checked and then use the dungeon equipment but there's also a petting area for people that aren't there for that side of things so you can go relax enjoy the cushion socialize with other pets or be pet by the humans there and lastly they have a an area for littles i think littles and kittens together is amazing i think they're really onto something there so i can't wait to see how that develops their first event was i believe january was it january or march this year no it was january and it was supposed to be bi-monthly but because of covid obviously they've put a stop to it for now but if you're on fet life go and look them up i think they're definitely one to watch for sure they've got big plans in terms of how we play with each other for me, I don't, I don't think I'm that similar to other kittens because I quite like to be a little bit rough and tumble. And uh, well, actually, many do. It depends whether they're more feral or wild or a house cat. But everyone has that little spark in them to be a little bit feral sometimes anyway, don't they? But they might just um, do something really simple like cuddle, strokes, nuzzles and head nudges and little boops. Or they, they might actually play fight. That's something that I found two people said to me at the pile of pets event actually they said i'm not really sure how to play with you because i've never played with a kitten before i was like i've never played with a pup but i'm having a great time (laughs) but i did really appreciate that actually the pup that i did play with did ask and say 
what do you want to do? How do I play with a kitten? It was cute. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. I suppose that's part of why we do these sort of talks is try and get an insight into different areas of pet play because we all have our own areas. And we feel very siloed some of the time. And it just occurs to me, yeah, I wouldn't have a clue what kittens do to play. Uh, do, do I sort of pounce? Or <laughs> so, yeah. I wouldn't mind being pounced upon, but I will chase you back. <laughs> <laughs> Wondering any other questions want to put themselves into the comments down there? Troy, you asked, uh, what was the event called again? Do you want to be more specific? There were lots of events mentioned. Pet Play Park was the one that I mentioned. That was the one. There you go. So another comment I've had in was uh, with your United Petdom. Obviously, you've called it Petdom, not Kittendom or something like that. Is there any particular reason you've gone for pets more generally rather than just kittens? Yes, because I think, like you said earlier, there is a, a, a bit of a divide between the different sort of branches of the pet community and there's not necessarily a them and us but there's a we're not the same and sometimes I really I really feel it I know it sounds really stupid but it, it it's quite sad I think I think um we all have something in common whether or not you know whether we're different different pets or not it like in, in my head it's no different to comic-con for example not everyone's going for the media or the anime or the cosplay you're all there for a different reason but you're enjoying that as a community and, it, and it, it's a great time and there's a good vibe and i think pets should be behaving the same way because out, outside of our individual communities we might all have supportive friends and family that might be cheerleaders some of us don't have that but the wider public aren't necessarily so accepting so I think amongst us, we really need to build each other up and, and, and just lift each other up and just celebrate each other's communities and, and learn more about each other. Perfect. Any other questions? Uh, one for, do kitty stores also sell knee protectors? Do you know what? That's something that I listed in gear that I forgot to mention. Um, because obviously if you earn your hands and knees, you want to protect your knees and your palms because... You don't want to go to one event and then come home and think, wow, my knees are, well, can't do that again. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know of any that do. I did look and the only thing that I found was things for builders on Amazon or sort of skate gear. But again, there's quite, there's, there's a lot out there for other activities that translate easily, but there's nothing, as far as I know, specifically for kittens. Something, if anyone out there is a creator or a particularly skilled craftsman, please create it because <laughs> I need it. Because <laughs> the, um, the issue with the ones that are made for builders, for example, are their measurements are always across the knee. So if you've got maybe thicker knees and smaller thighs or just big thighs, very hard to get the right fit but you find ways around it i just wear trousers on top of my knee protectors so no one can see that they don't really fit very well <laughs> oh there's lots of questions now do kittens wear harnesses yes they're not usually used for attaching leads and things like that but they are definitely part of the aesthetic for sure a lot of the stores that sell collars especially if they've made them themselves will sell matching harnesses cuffs side braces everything you can think of so you know the chest harnesses that come up they're quite puppy actually so i'm sure you know the chest harnesses that come across boob harnesses everything and harnesses that rep that sort of replicate um how shibari might look it's all out there oh fantastic so a bit more of a serious one here um ask if there's a good representation of minority groups within the kitten community so uh, sort of trans bane disability etc 
For the most part, yes, because everyone's so accepting. Actually, a lot of the kittens I know do have a disability, whether it's visible or not. So I do think there is a really good representation. That being said, I myself don't have any disabilities, so I can't speak on behalf of those people. But as an outsider looking in, I believe that there is a lot. Though I do think events could be more accommodating of people with disabilities. For example, like the event that's held in a dungeon, apart from laying down in the pillows, there's not a lot that might be easier or more accessible for someone with a disability or chronic pain and things like that. I think the reason that there are less ethnic minorities within the kitten community, in the UK anyway, I don't know about the rest of the world, but here, um, even if you look at the photos from Pet Play Park, I'm the only brownie, <laughs> not Pet Play Park, sorry, United Petdom. But I think that's more to do with speaking only on behalf of my own family and their culture. I think it's more to do with fear of how their families will view them if they find out, rather than fear of being a minority within the community. Does that, does that make sense? Sometimes families can be not so accepting and maybe a bit more harder to talk around, um, not so open-minded, but that's not true for everyone. My mum is fantastic and she knows everything. She knows what I'm doing right now, but she is definitely an anomaly in a sea of parents that are telling everyone, what are you doing? Take those ears off. <laughs> so I do know a lot of trans kittens. I think within the pet play community as a whole, I should think that they're quite accepting. I'm not sure if that goes for kittens, uh, for pups. But for kittens, certainly, I don't think that there's a huge presence of people that are transphobic or, or othering in general, actually. I, I don't see it a lot, but it could be that it's just something that I've not experienced or it could be something that's geographical. I really, uh, I'm not sure on that one because for the most part, um, most of the kittens I know are from the States. It definitely seems a lot bigger in the US than the UK. Um, but certainly in the UK, I feel that everyone's pretty accepting and they're quite a loving community. What are some of the issues that need improving? Well, <laughs> I'm going to be very careful what I say here because I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Um, I think that sometimes it can be quite competitive. It kind of ripples throughout the whole community. If, if someone is particularly unkind in the community, you will know about it everyone will hear about it because we're all connected on social media you're going to find that everywhere no no community is perfect or without flaws but for the most part it's really enjoyable to be part of and the people are amazing can communities and events do more that's really interesting actually i think yes you can never stop trying to improve whatever your endeavor is for example like i said with accessibility for disabled people um, integration of pets, more variety of the types of things you can do at events. I don't think anyone can ever stop getting better and improving and welcoming more people because the only way that you do that, because no one person can represent every single community. So while people try to avoid it, if you're not looking at something from a certain perspective, sometimes you can miss it. So you need that feedback from other communities to tell you, oh, hey, I attended your event, but it could have been better for me in this way. Or this was great, but maybe do it this way next time. You've got to improve everything all the time. Lovely. Right. I think that's all the questions in there. So thank you very much, Violet, for speaking. Do you want to fill us in? Where can we find you? More about yourself and also your group, United Pet Dumb. 
yes so i'm really rubbish at social media so <laughs> only instagram <laughs> or facebook but my tag for everything is violet.nico underscore so you'll find me on instagram there and then united pet Derm is just at united.petdom and if you search united pet Derm on facebook you'll find our group the group is 18 plus only of course and it does require you to ask, answer a few questions before we let you in not because we want to keep anyone out we just want to make sure that everyone's of, of age and that people aren't trying to find their kink friends in groups and expose them that's our only agenda with the questions. Perfect. So with that, thank you very much, Violet, for talking. It was really interesting. And we'll see you soon. This talk was hosted and produced by Pile of Pets, an event run by Animagy CIC. Violet has selected the Princess Alice Hospice as the charity they wish to support with this talk. So if you enjoyed, we encourage you to donate. You can find out more about the chosen charity, Violet and Pile of Pets, at our website, www.pileofpets.co.uk.